If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Boy, am I happy we had uh, Jennifer on the show. Yeah, this was, uh, this was actually really interesting because... She is a super fast talker. She's a firecracker. Full of energy. Mm-hmm. And we almost let her get away with what this whole podcast ended up turning into, which <laughs> she almost glazed right over. Yeah. Some her. of the most interesting stories ever. Right. Right. And uh, I'm so glad that I stopped her and made her go back because it turned into an extremely interesting podcast. Uh, she's got such a great story about how she landed into fitness because that wasn't even her background. And uh, the girl's been really successful, very successful, uh, has a great attitude, and it's just been was such an absolute pleasure just to meet. Now she's a she's a fitness author, and we talked a little bit about fitness, but we really talked about I guess just uh, how to build a business, the attitude and motivation behind it. Her stories were excellent. She's a great storyteller. Some of them are unbelievable. Except uh, that we have we know people in common, so she, we know she's not she's not lying. Can vouch him, yeah. Yeah, so awesome girl. Like she's one of those few people you meet and right away you like her. Yeah, it just goes to show how you know far you can get with hard work and tenacity, which is really the the whole message of this podcast that she kept driving in was just how tenacious she was. Yeah, you'll you'll like this episode. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, now, if you want to check her out, her name is Jennifer Cohen. You can check her out on Instagram at the real. Jen Cohen. Cohen is spelled C-O-H-E-N. Her website is jennifercohen.com. She wrote a book called Badass Body Goals. She also wrote a book, an older book called, I think, Strong is the New Skinny. Um, And she has a new podcast coming soon. We don't know what the name is yet. We think she might go We're supposed to decide somehow for her. We think the name might be be Jenspiration, but she might change it. Not quite sure. But um, I think- She'll get a poll going for that. Yeah, I think she'll do really good. Uh, Before we get an interview, though- these are the final hours. So if you're listening to this right when this episode drops, it's the final hours for the MAPS Starter Program launch. Now, MAPS Starter is the program for beginners, for people who are deconditioned, people who just want to get into resistance training but reap all the benefits. It's a workout you do at home with dumbbells and a physio ball. The program is MAPS Starter, and it's $20 off right now for the launch. Plus, you get a free T-shirt and one year of access to our private forum. Here's what you got to do if you want to enroll. Go to mapsstarter.com, M-A-P-S-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com and use the code STARTER20, that's STARTER and the number 20 without a space, for $20 off. Uh, It's a great gift also. It's good for people who you want to get them into working out, like for your parents, your kids, uh, uh, your significant other who may not be training. Great place to start. If you want to check out our other programs, you can go to mapsfitnessproducts.com com and that's it here we are talking to jen cohen i forgot how much energy you have jennifer i remember when we Me? got on the phone yeah and we were back and forth and you're like i forgot to tell you i have i'm add i have so much energy <laughs> oh did i um, say yeah right, right i did you, say that you did say that you do have a. I would have thought yeah, she's a spark i would have thought she's I, 25 except for the cindy crawford reference well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> i'm for sure coming back now after that. Oh, well, snap. well first of all um I think you guys have probably just as much. And are we doing this already? Did it start? Oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would imagine you'd have just as much energy, though, because doesn't I feel like at, when you work out, and obviously all of us work out, it gives you actually more energy versus 
less energy, which people you looked at think. me a certain way, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? Was, I think you you probably always had a lot of energy, and the exercise just made it turbo. Well, I think the exercise helped focus and rein me in a little bit more, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, but I always did. I always actually had a lot of energy. Like I, I'm not able to ever just sit still, mm. ever. Like even now, I'm going to be fidgeting just because it's like an uncomfortable thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to properly relax, which mm. is, you know, kind of a problem and it's a blessing and a curse. I guess right. you can get a lot done. You can be extra productive, but sometimes it's good to kind of turn it off and chill. Now, how mm-hmm. did you get into the the fitness space? How did that all start for you? And then tell us a little bit about your journey through the fitness, uh, I guess, if industry of fitness. Okay. Well, I guess there's, that's a two prong answer. Like the, I want to say that because what you just said, the ADD for sure was um, something where I needed to like, I needed to exert a lot of energy or release a lot of energy. So I, I, I look to athletics or fitness as that way. But really, if I'm being honest, the other the other side to that was I come from a Jewish, I'm, I'm Jewish and like our whole social um, environment was always based around food. So in order to counterbalance the amount, like the amount of calories and food I would like intake on a regular basis, I looked to fitness as a way to kind of, um, to counterbalance, to counterbalance mm. it basically. Um, now were you like, a, were you like, did, cause I started working out cause I was a really skinny kid. Yeah. Were you chubby? Is that what you started? Or? I, I wouldn't say I was chubby, but I was more, I was pre- Dispose. I wasn't chubby ever. I'm not going to say I was, but I wasn't. I was zuftic. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that I have to be ex- extra cognizant of what I eat mm. because I have the tendency to. It's like that five seven pound thing. You know, okay. five pounds less can I can look extremely different with being five pounds less, and I can look frumpy five or seven pounds heavier to being super super fit. And athletic looking, five pounds leaner. Okay. Right? So how old were you then when you started the, in, in the working out? You must have been pretty young then. I was. I was, uh, I, was always, I was always athletic, but I really started taking fitness seriously probably when I was around 17, 18. Uh, and then it just kind of became like my way of life. It became my lifestyle where it became so habitual. If I didn't do it, it was uncomfortable. Did you know right away, like, this is, I love this. This is what I want to do for a living. No, absolutely not. Not at all. Fitness was not something that I was ever going to think of as an actual career. That was just not even part of the, it was not even in my brain. I was, I I was conditioned as a kid. My education was extremely important to my family. Everyone in my family are doctors, lawyers, accountants, very typical in the, in the, where for the, for the Jewish, for people who are Jewish like me. And then, because um, education, education. So I did that that route. I went to school. I went to get an MBA. I was actually working as a 19. I fast-tracked, and I got my first job at the Toronto Raptors, which was like the franchise wow. Canadian mm-hmm. team. And I was very young. I was the youngest person in the working for them. Um, that was pre-business school. Mm. Um, and I did very well that after when my first year of working there, uh, I went back to school a year and a half. I decided to go back to school to get my business degree. They held the job for me. So uh, in my my in my brain, my trajectory was going to be working, but on the business executive side in the sports world, never mm. as someone who's going to be doing what I'm doing now. 
cut to after that, after school, I got poached by BMG Music, which was a record label, mm-hmm. to come work for them in the marketing team. So I actually did not go back to the sports world, and I pivoted into the music space. Again, completely not what I'm well, doing Well, these are these are prestigious companies that you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. How, did oh, yeah. that, how did that happen? I mean, what are you, obviously you're doing something right to get that <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. what are you doing to get the attention of like the Toronto Raptors and, and a company like BMG? What's going on? I was very, I was always, to your point, Sal, I think part of where my energy was channeled because I always had a lot of energy. I was very tenacious and very determined and I would use that energy. I, I, I basically honed that energy for, you know, for for good in a sense, where I really, if I wanted something, or if I was, I was really, I was very, very determined to kind of have have a goal and and work to achieve it. So I figured at that time, why would I settle for the middle? I should, I might as well try to go for you know the highest. Um, and I, I I like to. I, I, I like to win just as my personality, right? So I did well. And so I think when you are uh, when you work hard, I think it's it's you 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 do get recognized. Work ethic does get uh, recognized. And that's I always had a very strong work ethic. So when I got the job at BMG, um, same thing kind of happened. I was working for uh, a record label. I was, you'll appreciate this reference considering our ages, but it was like Britney Spears, uh, hit baby, hit me one more time. Uh, you, you, have no, uh, you have no idea. Adam, <laughs> Hello. Adam, Adam's actually a yeah. super fan. Yeah. Oh, you are? He's got yeah. posters and everything. Okay. Well, not even exaggerating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, then you'll appreciate yeah, that because I, yeah. I helped launch that album. Wow. And, oh, wow. And then that was, you know, the Christian Aguilera, Genie in a Bottle, mm-hmm. Usher. Like, it was like <laughs> that. My one degree wow. of separation was just 10 years late. Man, Fuck. where like, were you? Like, yeah. Fuck. I mean, it's better late than never, they right. say, right? <laughs> so, you never know. I may be able to hook you up yeah. Um, So that was basically my my whole trajectory was all now in the music space. Not until I got a job offer in L.A. with Sony Music. That's how I left. So, oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys, I should have mentioned. Wait, a second, I want to wait. wait I want to back up your. Wait, let me back up your ADD for a second. Yeah. Here. Let's. I want because you're you're just flying. Back to you're, Britney. Yeah, back yeah, to yeah, Britney. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's go back. You're yeah, flying yeah, over things that are really yeah. interesting to me. For example, you get poached from the Raptors, already a, a, a prestigious, badass job to be involved in. What's that phone call or poaching process well, like? Does someone just, I mean, what did that, how'd that go down? Hi, so this I'll, is the Raptors. Yeah. yeah. So this yeah. is what I, if you want to go back that far, I didn't realize, I was trying to kind of give you the concise version. Well, I would have, I appreciate the concise when people have boring stories, but that's an interesting yeah. story to me. The Raptors are a big, I'm a big basketball so, fan. That's okay, a big so, deal. I'm also a music guy. So that's a big okay, deal Okay, so then me. you'll mm-hmm. appreciate this. So Isaiah Thomas hired me. So I, at the time. <laughs> oh my God, you weren't going to mention that? So yeah, I was just letting it blaze right over that, right? There's a lot of other stories. Oh, I, I, my heroes, I should actually kind of give you, I should really back Shit. up then. I yeah. think this will really kind of, you'll appreciate then this. Magic given the, Johnson came yeah. in yeah. and then <laughs> Michael like, Jordan's over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let me, let me back it up. Okay. So I'm Canadian. Okay. I think this will kind of, I'm, I'm from a small town called Winnipeg, Manitoba. Okay. So let me just kind of give you like, I'm going to give you the evolution of all of this, not this, all of this tenacity, right? Besides just having an extreme amount of energy. So when I was living in Winnipeg and I was still young, I had a dream of like being um, a much music VJ. 
So do you know? Do you know? Has ever watched MTV? Yes. yes. Okay. So you, do, you remember like those those VJs that were on like MTV? Yeah. Yep. So we oh, had this Carson Daly and all. Ca- yeah, kinda, like a Carson yeah. Daly. Okay. So in Canada, where I'm from, we had these equivalent called Much Music, which was the exact same thing. Okay. okay. So I was a young girl, and I really wanted like you know I was like oh I really want to be a VJ. So I thought I'm going to send in a like demo tape to Much Music and see if I can get the job. But I didn't think, okay, I'm not gonna just gonna send in a demo tape like every other person. I have to make it unique and special because that way it will get looked at, right? So at the time, Keanu Reeves was in Winnipeg because <laughs> he, was, he was performing Hamlet. Now check it out, because you'll understand this. It was right after Speed. Remember the movie Speed? Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves okay. performing okay. Hamlet. Okay. I'm listening. Yeah. But this is why he was Whoa. performing it. Let, let me tell you why. Because Dust thou. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you. First of all, I, I have a special place in my heart for him because what he did for me. So I, have, I cannot let anyone... Um, oh, he's, he's about, awesome. I'm a huge fan. You know, so malign him, him, malign yeah. him in, in my presence. Oh, no, but, he's awesome. So it was right after Speed, and Speed was like a massive hit, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. It, it, like, it basically catapulted him to like, you know, the sexiest man alive, right? And he was always a very serious, he, tr- he, he thought of himself as a serious actor. I know, just bear with mm-hmm. me at the story. Yeah. So... Because he had, he was never really motivated by money. He was always motivated by like the art and and kind of, of kind of that stuff. He thought, I'm going to do this stint in Winnipeg and do Hamlet. So you can imagine the media frenzy when Keanu Reeves comes to a small town like Winnipeg, and at the time, like hard copy, current affair. Remember all these? Oh yeah. yeah, they were all there, like following his every move. This, crowd's crazy and in my brain I'm like you know what I'm gonna get Keanu Reeves to be on my demo tape and I said this to my (laughs) friends and to my mom and my dad and they're like oh god okay yeah okay good luck and one night he was performing I and I'm like okay I'm gonna go stand outside the door where he leaves the building and I'm gonna go and let's just kind of like my you know and I'm gonna go ask him if he wanted to like this is kind of one of those ignorant type of youthful, you know, dreams that you have, right? I'm going to go stand and wait for him and ask him to be in my demo type. And everyone laughed at me and thought I was crazy and blah, blah, blah. Well, cut to one one night when he was performing at 10 o'clock in the evening when he was finished, I went to the back door where he was performing in the theater and there was literally like droves of people, like all the media, crazy people. And I like, I was waiting and waiting and I took a girlfriend with me, actually, and she got super annoyed. She's like, I'm not doing this anymore. He's not going to come. This is ridiculous. I'm leaving. So she left me by myself. 15 minutes later, he walks out the door with all these people around. And I literally, like, scurried through the, the, the crowds of people, literally, like, scurrying through, like, pushing people, like, to either way. And I, like, poked him on his jacket or, like, tugged his jacket. And he says to me, he's like, yeah, if you want an autograph, you're going to have to wait. And I'm like, Autograph? No, I don't want your autograph. I'm like, I actually have a project that I need your help with. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a VJ for much music, and I need your help. And he's like, huh? And like, everyone's tugging at him. He's like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, you, I'm like, the autograph's not going to do me any good. I need you to actually like physically help me. And he's like, he was, he was so perplexed. He couldn't because I was very serious. Like right. I was like looking him dead in the eye. I wasn't like letting anybody like get around. And I was like very, very, very like I was just very determined. 
And he's like, well, give me your phone number and I'll call you. And I was like, I'm like, are you really going to call me or are you just going to say that? And then you're going to like really let someone down who's like a teenager. He's like, well, just give me your phone number. So I was like, all right. So I asked some girl for some pen and paper and she gave me like a gum wrapper. And I, I didn't have a pen, but some girl had like a mosquito, like one of those eyeliners. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote my eyeliner like in an eyeliner, my phone number and like on a, on a, like an old gum wrapper and I gave it to him and I'm like, are you really going to call me? He's like, yes, I'll call you. I'll call you. But look, there's too many people. I can't deal with this right now. So I'm like, all right. So I go home. I tell my family. I tell my friends. They're all like, oh my God, as if he's going to call. I go to school the next day and they're, all my friends are like, they're told other people. Then people were like teasing me like, oh yeah, yeah. Did Keanu call you yet? <laughs> you know, like such a loser. You really think he's going to call? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. And I was like, Day two comes by and still like, oh, did Keanu call? Ha ha ha. And I was like, no, I guess he didn't call, but you never know. And I go home that that second day and um, my mom's like, did you check your answering machine? Because at the time you have answering machines. Oh, yeah. The gum wrapper gave that away. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I press play on my answering machine and I hear, hello, hello, hello. And I hear this guy being like, hello. And then I hear my mother, you know, when you're, someone answers the phone at the end, like, you know, and the machine picks it up. Mm. I hear, hello, is, is Jennifer there? And basically it was him. He was like, um, my mom's like, who's this? Who's, who's calling? <laughs> like so agitated. And he's like, uh, my name is Keanu and I'm calling for your, for, you know, maybe your daughter or, and she's like, who's this? Who's calling? And like, it was on my voice. I still have the oh answer. Oh, message. you do? Yes. Oh, that's no epic. And, and my mom oh. was like, well, she's at school, you know, leave a message. And she, <laughs> and she, she hangs up and she's like, call back. And then like, you hear a click and you hear him being, hello, hello. So he hangs up the phone. He calls back again. And he's oh like, um, hi, Jennifer, this is Keanu. We met the other night and sorry, it's taking me a little bit to call you back, blah, blah, blah. I was like freaking. Okay, so then I like obviously call him back. He gave me his phone number, and I we arranged for him to come over to my house. I was going to pick him up in my mother's Cutlass Supreme, and he's going to come over to my house, and I'm going to make a demo tape. I asked him. I said, you know, this I was very very serious. I was going to make a demo tape with him on it, and I was going to send it into much music. So what he did was, and this is why you cannot make fun of him. He post <laughs> he postponed because he was leaving town to go shoot a movie. He postponed the shoot by 24 hours to come over to. My my house and help me so I had like dude I like this guy even more right so he had three I had three friends so amateur like in different corners of my living room with like like you know little cameras and I was going to edit it myself together and literally like I went to pick up Keanu in my mom's Cutlass Supreme at the hotel he was staying at, drove him back to my house, okay? Like, my mother gave him cookies and and (laughs) coffee and blah, blah, blah. And just like how we're sitting here, I sat with him and I literally interviewed him. Like, so looking back at it and I have the videos, it was so ridiculous. But why I'm telling you the story, and it's probably super long and you're going to edit it because it's like, you we know. won't. We no, won't. No, not at all. It's no. epic. Um, epic. Yeah. Is that 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 at that moment it taught me that you can you never know what can happen unless mm. you try. Number one, and that determination and tenacity 
are the are truly two of the most important things for success in life because what that did was a because of my determination tenacity my determination and my you know not caring what the outcome is I'm like you know the worst that can happen is this guy says no mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. what's the worst what, uh, meanwhile what happened was he said yes so what that also gave me was the self confidence in myself to like believe in myself to always push through and always get go after something so like as amateur as that video was right and as am as create and the story was so crazy right like every magazine and everyone was calling me after because they couldn't believe this megastar from Hollywood came to some little girl's house in Winnipeg right it was just like with my mom it was completely platonic right just like to to really help help her like help me out and my mom said to him on the camera right on the VHS tape like why are you here like why are you helping my daughter you know and he's like because there was a fire in her eyes that was so strong that you can't you can't say no. So mm, Pete, I feel like awesome. when you yeah. have that fire, like that you will be successful. You just have to you have to persevere and you have to go for it. So because of that, I believed in myself enough to move to Toronto, which again was a big step for a little girl from Winnipeg, and go after the top. Because at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? I I, I strive for the top. I end up where right? Maybe a little bit less, but you never know. Mm-hmm. But with that tape, I sent in that tape and I almost got the job. I would beca- it became, a, I became runner up between me and this other girl and the other girl ended up getting it, but I would never have gotten that, cl- that, that close. Right. And it was literally because the, the first thing they said when they called me was like, how the hell did you get Keanu Reeves on your tape? <laughs> like, don't you live in Winnipeg? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I sure do. But if I can get Keanu, you can imagine like uh, all the other interviews I can get. Closer, you know, you. I am a closer. <laughs> and so I, then I thought, okay, I'm not doing, I'm not going to do this. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get a job and blah, blah, blah. I had to finish college, whatever. And then I thought, the rap, uh, the the NBA. There's going to be a new franchise. I want to work for the best, and I also want to like have. I want to like do that. So I finagled my way through meeting this one, networking. Everyone's a conduit to someone else, mm. and then I, I ended up meeting uh, the owners of the Raptors through a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, and he was like, "Wow, this girl." He's like. Wow. He's like, this girl's pretty tenacious. And he led me into like Isaiah. He's like, you should talk to Isaiah because he's going to want to okay, you know, this whole whatever. And I met with Isaiah and he hired me on the spot. He's like, if you can get this far. And it wasn't family connections or it wasn't anything like that. It was just my own pure tenacity. And, you know, he hired me on the spot and I got the job. That That's, is such an amazing. I'm so happy. I'm so glad I made you. I know. Go You're just gonna just fast forward your way through <laughs> yeah. that. I know. I didn't know how oh much. I, I didn't know really what you wanted me to focus on. Well, so I, I mean, I would like you. you I mean, I I'm an NBA fan, so right away yeah. when you say an NBA team, uh, my ears per, perk up right away. So that's already curious. And then I'm also a music person, so for you to get. Mm into BMG. So I got, there's got to be more to that oh, story. Yes, right? yes, yes. I got you now. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So I, like I said, I was just giving you the Keanu Reeves background because it really was my, it really was like my launch pad for, mm-hmm. for the self-confidence, for the, oh, what a rec- great lesson. you know, yeah. what recognition that like anything's possible if you just, you know, you go after and persevere and, and have, um, <clears throat> you know, have tenacity. Now mm-hmm. from there, how, you went from there to music. 
Right. So then I went back. So I what left the, when I was at the Raptors, I left eventually to go back to business school. And then while I was in business school, what happens is you do internships, right? Like so, I had an internship at some at IMG, which was um, you know it's a management company. Mm-hmm. Now it's much bigger than it. Well, it was always big, but they've bought a bunch of other uh, media groups. But um, I actually had a job offer from them. And I guess what happens is once you're like doing that that circuit of like internships, you meet other people. I ended up meeting somebody who was working, who was working for, for BMG. And they, they basically called me in one day and said, listen, this is not sports, it's music, but we'd love to have you if you're interested. And in my, my belief is certain traits, they, they transfer, right? Like you can pivot. If you have certain like tactical traits they you can pivot that into different industries right it's really about having like the certain developing those traits or having those traits like if you're a good salesperson which i think i'm okay Mm -hmm. i can you can sell you, you can sell a widget just as well as you can sell a house if you have the 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 capacity for that ability right i agree so yeah and that's basically what i did i just basically like i i i pivoted from knowing sports and I by the way I didn't know that much about that either but you know you you learn you be if you, if you want something bad enough you make it happen mm-hmm. so I I you 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 study a lot you educate yourself you talk to people who are in the know and you like knowledge is power I just got as much knowledge as possible and it just ricocheted into the next area mm-hmm. and I loved it and I I tell you like I would if it wasn't for the fitness stuff, I would actually still be doing that if it wasn't so different now. Mm. The, the labels, how the music world works, it's very, very different, obviously, than it was back then, right? Like with iTunes now, and mm. you know, like at the time, like it was a different world. Were you Is a, that where you got out of it? Yeah, as I say, yeah. were you a part of the-, the So, yeah. So what happened was I was doing, like, I was doing a lot of marketing um, for these labels. So my job really at the time was, basically I was a liaison between like a, Tower Records, HMV, all those, you know, those big conglomerates mm-hmm. and the talent. I was, and my job was really to kind of create programs and initiatives to help support the, the, the album dropping, right? So that was really like my area. And I was doing that and I kind of worked up the chains of that. And then I got a couple different job offers to move to LA. So one of them, the one I took actually was, do you guys know Immortal? Immortal? records so all these so you have these big record labels right and they're all mostly like distributors like bmg is like a distribution company that has a lot of other subsidiaries underneath them so with me when i was at bmg there was rc underneath them there's rca arista um interscope or interscope's a different different label. label yeah so under bmg you have uh like I said, you have RCA, Arista, Jive, mm-hmm. and at the time it was like the it was so massive. You had you had every top, you know, you had Usher to Britney to Christina Aguilera to oh, Dave huge. Matthews to Whitney Houston. I mean, like because everyone's on a subsidiary, and then like then you have BMG who distributes all your shit basically. So, um, so yeah, so basically then I moved to Sony, and then with Sony. They had one of their labels that they had a relationship with was called Immortal, and that's um, it's Immortal Records. Which at the time they had like it was hardcore music, which is not my area. But again, you can just pivot. Was uh, Slipknot, Incubus, oh, right. you know, like 
it's a whole different yeah. thing. And, <laughs> Good stuff. And yeah, well, depends on who you ask. But yeah. <laughs> and I digged it. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, to some of it I really like too. And so I moved out to LA and that was my new job. And it was like a different, a total, that was a whole different world altogether. And the only reason why I left was um, I got a promotion to oversee um, like how it was working. That's when like, like there was, they had this like technology where they're, now they're going to promote things, you know, online. And I didn't understand all of it. And it was like a proprietary technology, and they were going to like use it to market their their bands. And it was like when like Napster was happening and all sorts. I'm like, this is not my mm. my jam. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna quit. So I quit the job. And now this is what happened: was they were sponsoring me. So when you get sponsored, I'm Canadian. So mm. you can only work for the company that sponsors you. And if if you can't, then you're kind of like screwed. So like, you had nothing mm. lined up? You just nothing. quit? I, like nothing, but I had the, I, I knew me. Mm-hmm. I believed in me and I knew that I would figure it out eventually. You had a pretty good network at that point. I, I had a good, I had a, I didn't really have anyone in LA though. I was only mm. in LA for maybe eight months, seven months, not even maybe. And it was changing so quickly. Whoops, sorry. It was changing so quickly that when I quit, I was like, shit, now I have nowhere to, I, they're, they're my, they're my sponsor. Like, how do I, you can't just like start working. So that's when I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to become a trainer. So that's when I'm like, I'll become a personal trainer. And I'll, and, and once I get, once, once I get my first certification, I'll get a couple of clients on the side and then I'll figure it out. Like I'll, I'll see what my net, where it's going to lead me. Now, hold on a second. Cause moving from where, what you were doing in music, which I'm assuming it's a hype, it's a, it's a high position, making a lot of money. I was making a lot of, yep. I'm going to leave and I'm just going to go get into fitness. Were you, it sounds like you were burnt out with that whole space. I was burnt. Well, it wasn't that I was burnt out. I just didn't like it. I didn't like where it was. It wasn't so much about developing people as much as it was now like a technology thing, right? Okay. Like marketing and online. And it was a whole different space that mm-hmm. I had zero interest in. Like it was just something I, and I figured, you know what? Like I was making a lot of money. I had an office in Santa Monica. We had like a crazy office in Santa Monica, like overlooking the ocean. I can just ride my bike to work and ride back. But I was very young still. So I was always, I did all these fast tracks, but at the same time it was like, I, I, I felt like, I felt confident that I would figure it out. Like mm. I figure if I don't do it now, then when? Because it was changing. Like the 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 writing was on the wall because of all the other elements, like the Napsters. And this. It wasn't the same business. Mm-hmm. Budgets were really getting cut cut back. It was a different world. It was everything was moving to online, and it was like. It, pe- like labels don't have, didn't have the same type of cash. They were losing the cachet at that point a little bit. People were doing much more. It was like MySpace and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay. So I literally just quit. I got like my first, you know, my first certification. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? No, was so, this in Canada? Did you have to go back? No, or? no, no. I, d- I was staying in LA. Oh, okay. But I had no, the reason why I had to be, I became a trainer was because there was no other way for me to make money. Got it. Because I wasn't. I wasn't, I didn't have a visa. Mm. So it would be like basically someone paying me like, you know, cash if I got, you know, when, when I had a client or right. something. Um, so basically, but I, so what I did was I got my certification. I had a, one client or two, my, I think my boyfriend at the time, like I think his mother like gave me some, cause she felt bad for me. She's like, you can train my husband, <laughs> my new husband. So I was like training her husband or something like that. And then I'm like, this is, this is kind of not really, this is not really economically feasible for me. 
So I'm like, one thing I know is record labels and I know how marketing budgets work, even though they're much leaner than they, you know, they, they were maybe two or three years ago. I still know how to like finagle around that marketing budget. So then I went to my first, I went to the head of MCA Universal where I had a relationship with them. And I basically like created a job for myself on his label, but now not as a marketing person for the label, but now as a label trainer. So I basically came back to the music world, but I came back as a personal trainer, not Mm. as a marketing person. So now I had a background in like, I had my certification and I naturally, like I said, naturally was always very active and super, I was always fit and I was always very interested in that stuff. So it came more, I was like, I, I was educated on it also. And when you have a passion for something, I think you always are better at doing the job versus like just doing it for the money. So now I had a passion for it. I had my certification. I already knew how the music world kind of worked and I know how to deal with the talent and da, da, da. So I basically like created a position for myself where then now I'm training young talent when they're signing them on hmm. for when they're doing a music video or when they're going on tour and what. How, that's how I started my, that's to answer your very long-winded way of answering your question, Sal, that's how I ended up in the in the fitness space was I literally left one one industry, went to get, an edu- get to get some education with fitness and then went back into the music world and then I started as a label trainer. And that one client he gave me mushroomed into a whole other laundry list of other clients. And then you do well with one label. I got another contract with Interscope and Def Jam. Were you the one. first to do this uh, in I the was. music space? Yeah, create sort of like this fitness, corporate fitness environment? I, I, I mean, I, I, I can speak on that, but I will say that at the time that I, I didn't know anyone else who was doing it. And all this, you know, what happened was funnily enough. So what I, I'm only one person. So then I had to hire with all these labels I had working. I would I would work with and all these, you know, uh, pop stars and talent. I was only one person, so I had to now hire trainers underneath me hmm. to like work for me. So then I would outsource a bunch of trainers to work for me, and then go on tour and do all these things. That that's kind of how the whole like celebrity trainer thing would happen was. I mean, I always signed. I was never, I was never a sickle fan or star fucker. I don't really care if you're famous or not. And maybe that's kind of how why it worked a little bit for me because mm-hmm. I didn't. I'm. I was always. But if the person's a good person, a nice person, I'll work with them. I didn't really care who you were. But a lot of the people I worked with initially started off like that, and then they got a, a, a taste for some, you know, for fame because they're now riding the coattails of someone who's famous, mm-hmm. and then they use that to kind of build their own. Mm. Uh, brand or their own company and they became like a celebrity trainer and then oh everyone if you if you train this person you're a celebrity trainer you train that one you're Hmm. a celebrity which is nonsense if you ask me but um anyway so i had a um, that was a tangent but um (laughs) yes anybody that we know that you trained i trained a lot of people um yeah I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. how, how about how about your? I'm sure you got a ton, right? If she did record labels, especially those record labels, I'm sure you've t- had a ton of famous people. How about your least favorite and your favorite that you've trained? Oh, oh gosh, that's a good one. My favorite, I didn't like Christine Aguilera. Oh, I you never didn't liked like her. her? No. I shouldn't even say that. Why not? Fuck it. Too much like of a diva. I don't like, this is I, mind I pump like, raw truth. We just keep I don't it like real. her personality. I just think that she's. You know, I think I think she's affected. I don't think that she's. Um, I just think she's affected, entitled, and I don't. I think those are really t- 
terrible qualities in, in anybody. I would think that's kind of common in like the 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 artist type of world. I mean, normally, what happens, at least in my small experience of 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 famous people and artists and athletes, is you tend to lack in other area, other aspects of life. You're hyper focused in this one area. Right. You're super talented, and so then you're dysfunctional as fuck on the other you side. You are dysfunctional. I think what that's something more different. I think what happened is when you're super, when you're highly, when you when you're when you're very good in one area, you definitely, a lot of times you lack in the other. Like these people, especially like when you're super, super like academic and smart, usually your social graces and you're a little bit socially off or, you know, that, what I feel what happens with that, I feel when you get famous too young and everyone's giving you everything mm -hmm. and you become emotionally stunted because you don't have time to grow and like figure things out yourself. Everyone's doing everything for you, mm. you but you could still be, a, a nice person, but just be a little bit fucked in that space. Yeah. There's a difference between that. I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Am Bless I allowed you. to sneeze? Yes, yeah. you yeah. Yeah. Just hold it no. in. No. <laughs> Put that like, right back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sneeze. <laughs> you can swear. You Sorry. can go wherever you want. Oh. Okay. Um, I, f I find a lot of these people, A, their handlers are much worse. When people, I think hanger honors are always a lot worse. Um, and people are just looking for, I think, celebrities and everybody are all just looking for the same thing, which is to connect to people and to get to be to be understood and related. And I think a lot of times what happens when you're the more famous you are, people act weird around you. Mm -hmm. So therefore you act weird around them. And you, it's an mm -hmm. uncomfortable back and forth awkwardness, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're all human. And we just, right. like I said, want to just connect and be treated a certain way. But Coupled with the fact that when you're young and you get famous and everyone just does everything for you and gives you everything, you are like have a, a, a screwed up way of looking at the world because your, your, your true experience is completely altered by just that. And then you couple onto that people then who treat you differently, want everyone wants something from you, acts weird around you, feel like all of that makes you crazy and makes you different and makes you strange. But, you know, that does, like I said, that doesn't mean necessarily there are bad people. There are, and then there are people who are just like bitter, entitled, and nothing's ever enough. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, and she came off that way. I just didn't, I mean, listen, now I'm going to, who knows who's listening to this podcast? I'm going to get like. Probably her. She's her. a big yeah. fan of mine. <laughs> you never know. You know what could happen? What if her, her trainer's listening or like. There's a very good chance. Yeah, you, you never know. You got your back. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've always loved Brittany though. I think that she's a very sweet person. Really? And she's always like. A, <laughs> I think that. Like, I knew I had that. I, I knew I felt I, it. You I, just made it. I'm so happy. I, yeah. I think just because like that's a good example of someone who's emotionally maybe stunted because of that. Um, and um, maybe not like all, you know, who maybe not mentally kind of like not equipped for the fame, but her, her heart, I feel is a good heart. She's got a good heart. And yeah. I think she's I, misunderstood. I've been trying to tell people. I'm not saying she's misunderstood. I'm just saying if you don't, if you look at her mannerisms and behavioral, even today, in today's day, you could tell that she's like, she has, she has like an awkwardness, right? Mm -hmm. And she seems like, she she seemed like the same fifteen year old girl that mm. she was when she was fifteen. Mm. So she's your favorite. Uh, I like her. I mean, I you know, a lot of my favorites actually were girls who or got oh actually girls who had a trajectory that was supposed to skyrocket and um, who ha were t super talented, beautiful, had like who had the. This, they had the star power, the stage presence to be like massive. 
And then in this business, a lot of those people go unnoticed. There, something happens. They're, they get dropped from the label. Their album gets stalled. So many things on the back end of the business end happen where you don't even know who they are. Mm. They don't. They never even like get a chance to make it. And a couple of the people that I really like the most who had that, like you just don't know who they are mm. or not to the same level as like these other people. When right? you were training the celebrities, are you on like a, a particular type of schedule? Do you have to meet them or or do you, is it just you and them training together? Well, it depends. I mean, back then I never liked to be an hourly trainer because then you're capped at how much money you make, right? Mm. So I was always very business. Um, I always ha- I think I always had like a business uh savviness, I think, to my to myself, right? That's why I went to school for it, whatever. But, you know, I always think, okay, why would I cap myself at an hourly rate, right? When I can like make a retainer and make a monthly. So if you show up or you mm-hmm. don't show up, I'm mm-hmm. still making the money. Because a lot of times with trainers, and mm-hmm. I'm a trainer, so I know, I would, my, my, my financial independence would depend on someone else's wobbly schedule yeah. and like, you know, in a, or want or not want to work out. So instead of like putting that pressure on myself, you know, at the time, I'm like, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna have a cap. So I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to charge a retainer if they and give them a certain an X amount of training sessions mm-hmm. if they show up great and if they don't well that's fine too then I'm not going to be out because mm-hmm. of their inability to show up. I figured that out too. At some point I was starting to charge people per month but you get a certain amount that we agree upon ahead of time. Right. So like you not making it is that's you like you're not showing up and uh, my service is there and it's available to you. And that way it just exactly. makes everybody more um, professional about it and, and, and wanting to be there. 100%. I think that's, that's a great, because also what you're doing is you're giving other people the accountability where they need it. Like you're paying for this. So be accountable to it. So I think a lot of times when you, when you take that, you give them that pain, quote unquote, more times than not, they'll show up because they're paying for it. But it's different when an individual pays for something versus a company or a label, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because when it's your own money, you feel it way more, right? Than versus like a company because you feel it's a company. Um, But a lot of times in that respect, when it was dealing with labels or what have you, the labels pay for it. They weren't paying, at the time, the labels paid for that, depending. It's interesting. I find that like the more money you have, the more success you have, the less you pay for, right? And the <laughs> we, people, just, yeah. we literally just talked about this <laughs> <Right>? yesterday. <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's completely counter. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like the people who need it the most in life, like mm-hmm. get you have to pay for have to pay for everything, get nickel and dime mm-hmm. for everything, and the people who need it the least get right? everything free. Get everything free. You should see some of these people's places where I've been. You, uh, this room times ten just on like swag and shit sent to them. And it doesn't even get opened because you don't even have enough people working for you to give it away to. Like it's absolutely, it was always such a, you know, I always, it always bothered me that like people who like, it doesn't make any well, sense. Well, I've heard it explained in a particular way that, that makes sense to me. And so it's, it's kind of like this, like if you, if you venture out and, and take a risk and try and start a business, and you try to get a loan from people and you say, I, I'd like some money because I want to start this business and maybe nobody wants to give you money except for maybe your parents. Your parents right. are like, okay, we know you. We'll give you some <laughs> we money. We know you. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you some money. <laughs> right. So they give you some money, you start the business and then it succeeds. Right. Now you go out to get more money and you can show up and people see like, oh, you succeeded. We'll give you more money. And the more you succeed, 
the more people trust you to give you things, the more you're viewed as somebody who is successful. And the opposite is true. When you go down the hill and you start to fuck up, people jump ship very, very quickly. Once you once you start to show people, that's what it, that's what it is. Like when you're successful, part of it is people think that there's something in it for them as well. But when you're successful, more people are willing to give you more. And when you're not successful and doing very poorly, more less people are willing to. It's to, true though. It's funny that it works that way. It does. Yeah. I mean, what I find interesting though, because people are attracted to success overall. Is what sure. you're trying to say, right? Like people want to be around winners. Right. It makes them feel like they're successful. It's like people want to be around rich people. People want to be around because it's or celebrities or, or, or famous people, because there's like there's like a notion or a, psych, a psychological thing in your brain that th- that you think if I'm around it, that that means I'm that person. Right. Which is kind of like. I don't know, silly in a way, right? Because then you're not on your own merit. You're just on someone, you're, you're basically riding the coattails sure. of someone else. Sure. But I always found that very fascinating. You're right. Like, I also found though, like the more successful, if more like for investors or what have you, um, you're right. It's always easier to get money and more money once you're you successful, once you right? Have it. Versus like when you're trying and you need it the most and struggling the most, no one wants to give you anything, not it's, even a penny. It's an ancient, uh, it's an, it's, there's an ancient understanding. What's that quote? Uh, to those who have everything, all will be given and to those who have nothing, all will be taken. It's like, it was, yeah. that's in the Bible, I believe, right? It's true though, it's right? A, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ancient quote, but it's very, very true. And that's why the road to success tends to be a hockey stick where you become more and more successful and it happens much faster. And the decline is the same thing. When you yeah. see people start to hit rock bottom, that shit accelerates uh, very, very quickly. So 100%. I is, agree with that. You've, you've got... I the mean, hockey puck. I, I mean, the hockey stick because I'm Canadian. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, you, it sounds like you're building yourself a very successful business. Now, um, is there, do you keep it going? How long do you, do you ride this and stay in this space? Um, what? Oh, that's interesting. So I did that for many years. Okay, this is... I did get burnt out on all that. I mean, at the time, what I did was I was, um, I had a lot, I was very busy, but it was exhausting. It was physically exhausting yeah. and taxing. It takes a lot of energy to train people. It was, I, I found it to be, I think people underestimate a lot of times how physically and emotionally exhausting it is because you have to be on all the time mm-hmm. physically and also the pressure of being like looking a certain way because there's this thing in your because at the time um and I'll go back to it I had because of like who I was training and everything else you know just how we have social media now right and we had like we have all these um and it was different but you have it, but still the same like Nike and all these other companies you become an ambassador they give you a lot of free stuff because they want you to basically promote it to your clients or be, be seen wearing it. And so there's that. Whole thing. So I had a bunch of endorsement deals back at the time. And um, so I had pressure to look a certain way, to be a certain way. And it was like emotionally exhausting because you, you have to be there for somebody uh, mentally too, because you become like their therapist in right. a way. And it was like, I, I was, it was very, very t- tiring. So I did, actually, I be, I got burnt out and you'll like this a little bit, Sal, I think, because I left the fitness business for a little bit and I became a media trainer. So then I completely pivoted again. <laughs> wait, 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 a what? A media trainer? Yes. So um, explain that. So... Okay, so I was doing this for years, and then my mentor, who the one, the first guy who gave me my job in, um, in the as a trainer in the music world at MCA Universal, 
he, uh, you know, I was, I was working my ass off, like, and then like also managing other people is exhausting too, right? Because it's, it's very difficult. I, I, after a few years, four years, whatever, five years, I went to him and I'm like, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm really tired. He's, he's like, well, I don't know. Why don't you just like quit this? He's like, I have a friend. He's like, I have this friend who lives in Washington. He has, um, he has a media trading company and you, he's looking for, to, he's looking to open up the LA office or like looking for someone to take over the LA office. And I think you'd be great. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what's, what do you mean a media office? Like, what do you mean media trainer? What are you talking about? He's like, you should meet with him to, and you know, like he, he's a friend from, they both went to Harvard or Penn or somewhere together. He's like, he's a friend from, from Harvard or Penn, Wharton, they went to Wharton. Uh, just meet with him. He's coming to LA, see what he has to say. So I met with this guy and uh, he basically was telling me that the job is to train celebrities and high-level corporate executives, like CEOs, CFOs, COOs, like C-level executives for when there's an issue in the company or they need to like talk to the media because there is a way to do it and there's a way not to do it, right? So when there's a crisis, kind of like crisis management. Kind of like a PR? Is that what I mean? It's kind of like a, yeah, it's, it's a form. So it's under the PR umbrella, Okay, but it's like crisis management firms usually hire <clears throat> media trainers to train high-level executives or celebrities to be a certain way when they speak to the media to <laughs> give off so random they don't fuck up right so yeah. yeah so so basically i met with this guy and this guy there these people are like buttoned up as fuck they're not like wearing like ripped jeans and running shoes like i would every day and you know come from the music world like you know basically you know hanging out with britney spears you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> they're like super serious like they're usually anchors from like cnn or like people who have like a very high like very big journalist, like very, there were journalists prior to being a media trainer. Okay. So, so anyway, he met, I met with him. I walk away from that meeting. I'm like, there's no way that I'm doing this job. First of all, he's telling me that I have to wear like a suit every day to work. And I was like, fuck, there's no way I'm going to, so I, I left the job. I left the interview and I went to call Clyde. His name's Clyde. And I'm like, there's no way Clyde, I'm going to be able to do that job. And he's like, you can do it, Jennifer. He's like, don't, he's like, look who, come on, look what you've done. And he kind of like reiterated kind of what I was just telling you about like my, my, my kind of like my evolution of my, my life, basically career wise, professional wise. He's like, what's the worst that can happen? You don't like it? Then you'll figure it out again. So I was like, all right. All right. So I call up this guy. His name's Andy Gilman. And he was living, his company's called Comcore Consulting. And he hired me. And um, I, bas I basically said, I'll take the job. And I said, on the one condition, I don't have to wear a suit. And he's like, well, I guess it's LA because he lived in Washington. He's like, I guess that's fine. And so I took the job and I became a media trainer and I like, you know, basically grew the LA office and I had a lot, I was, I did a lot of big business for a good two, three years until I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. But I had clients like eBay. So Meg Whitman at the time, again, this is a long time ago, yeah. eBay, um, all the video game companies. So like Activision, you know, there was, who was it? Activision I had, um, E, what was that one? E? E-sports. E-sports. E yeah, EA. Yeah, all of them. And um, 
yeah. So I did that for a couple of years. And how did you learn how to do that then at that? He trained you had no experience. Okay. They trained okay. me. They trained me. And honestly, what I found was there were like business, there were modules, like certain certain modules that you kind of teach people. And it really was about being a good salesperson to get the to get the business. And then you kind of like follow a certain template. And then you're kind of, you're, you're good. But he was excellent. Like this guy, Andy Gilman is an amazing media trainer. I mean, he's still to this day is probably one of the top ones in the, in the country world. He has major, major, like he does everything from like all the White House stuff to, you know, when Johnson and Johnson had like a tempering with the Tylenol thing. I mean, big ones. And he trained me and we had a bunch of other amazing people, but, um, it was all about like how to sit, like don't, it's like body language is a big one, right? Like hmm. if you're sitting and your arms are crossed, you know, you're being very, you're, you're basically very standoffish. If you're kind of more like open, you got to, you know, like, and there's what they taught me, just if anyone wants to know, yep. is that it's all about um, having landing points, right? So everybody walks into an interview and you have to have three things that you want to get across, right? So if you're like a high level CEO or a celebrity, you're usually doing these interviews because there's something that you have to like get across to your audience right, that, right. or else you wouldn't be doing it. Like you're it. confident. This is a power that like that. Well, type. no, I mean points. So oh. like no one's really, people don't really want to do interviews at that level unless they have something to promote mm. or talk about. That's been like, kind of like, like a big deal. That's yeah, kind of like either like a stock dropped or there mm -hmm. was like uh, an issue with um, a product or someone's promoting a new album or a book, you know, there's ways you want, there's three things. So no matter what, someone asked, no matter what the question is, there's a way to get to that landing point, right? Mm. So you have, that's why you have three, because if you ask me a question, like give me, ask me anything. Uh, what's, what's your favorite highlight for your hair, coloring your hair? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I really love is I always love this like light brown blonde. And what I found within my last book, it really came out really nicely when it was uh, in photos. Transition to the book. So you like, you have like a place that you transition to the three places, depending what it is. Right. So, and, and then you, no matter what they ask you, like you always land on those three things and that you know, you want to make sure you're not looking left, you're not looking right. Like there's a certain like trick, like cheat sheet, right? right, right. And if you, if, you, if you study it and train it, it's number one, that's important. And then if your trainer, if you like your trainer and, and that you, are, you, you trust that trainer, like the person basically training you, the chances of you succeeding are, are very high. So that's like, if I, you know, when people like have bad eye contact, right? It's, it's, it's like a, it's very, it comes across probably 80 to 90% worse than you actually think that person feels. Oh, like sure. if I don't look at you, like it inside, like you're, you're kind of like, it's, I come across awkward to you and you might not like me as much. But if I was like super engaged and looking at you and smiling. Automatically lot, I receive you more. Right, yeah. right. And then if, so, and then like if I'm open, if I'm like staying like this versus open and, and happy looking, it's like a, it gives off on a whole different thing. So that's exactly. what I learned. So two, three years of that, got bored with that. Okay, and then, what, yes. And then I didn't get bored. I didn't get bored, but I didn't, it wasn't my- it wasn't your purpose. It wasn't my thing. Like I just like, I liked it and I needed a break. And then um, I went back into the fitness space and then that's when I built No Gym Record. So what happened was um, I moved back to Canada for a couple of years and when I moved back to Canada, I started to rebuild my fitness stuff again. And I got a deal with Licenza, which is like the, um, 
equivalent to Victoria's Secret. Lacenza is like the Victoria's Secret of Canada and the oh, wow. UK. And when I did a deal with them to try to rebuild my my I guess my name or have like some kind of like presence when I did all these like billboard campaigns with them, part of the deal was that in every billboard, I would write my name on the billboards. So people would not just think of me as like, oh, there's a picture of a girl wearing a sports bra, but like, oh, her name, that girl's Jennifer Cohen wearing, you know, that. So like, so you modeled for them. I was like more of, I was a spokesperson, which meant like, it was more, I did campaigns for them. So I would say more like a model, okay. but then it would be everywhere. So people would always, it was all over the, everywhere. It was like- Now did um, you negotiate that to put your yeah, name on there? Oh, you did? I did. That was yeah. smart. So I'm like, I don't want to just be like a, a model for like, you know, for some clothes. If I'm going to do this, there has to be a purpose behind it. So I'm going to write my name on it. So when people would drive by subliminally, they'll see my name and they'll remember it. So that would help me again to rebuild. And how I got my first book deal- I kid you not, in Canada, Key Porter was my, my book publisher. The publisher of my book deal would look at that poster out of his office every day and saw my name every day. <laughs> wow, that's right. And How did you make that so connection? He How told did, me. Yeah, he told wow. you. Yeah, so I, I, at the time, okay, I, so I w- did that. And then I did a lot of other stuff around. I started training people again. I started getting my name in the, in, in the press a lot. I started like, you know, building like small little things like how to get get kind of like how to be fit at home, how to be fit when you go traveling. And so when I got my book deal, I named the book No Gym Required to kind of start building my own brand. Now, are you, when you're doing this, are you are you using your connections? Are you doing a lot of stuff for free to get, because you're, you're saying, again, a lot of really cool stuff. I did I'm, a lot of stuff for free. Okay, I yeah. think that's a good point to, to yeah. make that because I, I assume that with your tenacity that, you yeah. know, you just, you don't go, oh, how much am I going to get for doing this? You're like, this is important for me to do. So. Right. So I think what's important to to point out is that um, you can't be short-term greedy, right? Because when you're short-term greedy, when, when you do that, the long-term success always falters a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Like I always looked, a, I looked a little bit further into the future and then thought, okay, if I, to get from point A to point, you know, D, I got to do B and C, right? Right. So how do I do that? Right. Right. So I was never someone like I would do a lot of stuff for free. Can you think of an example of like a time where you were you like, you know, most people probably would have wanted money to do that. And you're like, I'd rather not take the money for the long term gain. Okay. So I did Lucenza campaign for free. Oh, you did? If they wrote my name on the see, poster. That's, that's, oh, see? Mm-hmm. see, that's fucking that's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. That to me is so smart instead right. of yeah. just, and most kids would make the decision. I see this happen with even like supplement companies. Like they just want to be affiliated with this big company. Right. Makes them feel popular and cool right. to say, oh, look, I'm on a billboard. I'm famous. Right, right, Where you're right. like, fuck it, don't pay me, but put my name on there. A hundred percent. Because any any Joe Schmo can be on a poster, right? If you're hot, right? Like if you've got, a, it, it, it's kind of it's sad, but like if you're like a good looking girl, They'll put. It, I mean, anyone can get on if you're good looking and you have the right mm-hmm. body type, whatever they're looking for, right? But very few people would be like, how do you distinguish yourself from that crowd, right? Like in the masses, right? You have to have your, if you're not like, a, if you're not like Giselle, how are you yeah. supposed to like have a name for yourself? Right. So then at, at least if like, I said, keep your money, but just make sure my name is very, very um, well, you know, it, it's big enough that people can, can see it and it's on every single piece of billboard and I'll tell you what happened there's a story behind it (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be like a six hour (laughs) this is gonna be like a six hour podcast 
Good um, stories. So I'm not going to name the, well, I was, okay, so let me, I did like, a, uh, I did a big uh, campaign where I wasn't supposed to, it wasn't supposed to be as big as it was. And they used it as like their massive campaign. And it was everywhere. It was in every magazine. It was in every country internationally. It was, it became like an entire, like, it was like the very, very famous picture. And um, I had no, no one knew it was me because I was looking down and people thought it was me because it looked like me. And I had uh, McGinn, um, I had like a star of David that everyone knew. So people who knew me knew it, but the, you know, um, and I got, not, not only did I get no, I got barely any money for it, but I got no recognition for it. And so it didn't really help me at all, right? So I learned, I learned from my mistake that I don't want that to happen again. And number two, like I said, if, if I want to be doing something, I wanted to do something where there would be some kind of visibility where I can leverage that into a bigger opportunity. Because the point of just doing a, an ad for doing an ad, yeah, it's fine, but there's, how does that help in the, in the long run? That's short term. There's not. There's like. There's no long term gain mm-hmm. to a very to that to that to me. What a great lesson for today's Insta celebrities that you have, like especially these guys and girls posting half naked pictures of themselves, right. getting all these followers, and there's no real value. There's no connection. They got half a million followers and nothing. They can't. <laughs> make any money off of it. They don't build any brand. There's no authority. Some actually do make a lot of money off of it, which bothers me even more because these people who have zero ability, have zero knowledge, zero education on what they're promoting are being super negligent with like the the public because people look at someone and think because they have a nice ass that they know what they're talking about. That's short term though. And I think it, I think we're going to see that bubble burst. I, I hope so. so. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, we're, I think, think about it. We're harmful. We're, I mean, those of us have been doing this for a very long time. I mean, Instagram is fairly new to us still. And so that's true. There is this, I mean, I think it's starting to come out more and more, this whole facade of how many people, uh, and there's more people talking about this, how we present the only the best versions of ourselves, right. and, you know, people are Photoshopping and they're taking, they're getting in shape one time and getting in and then using they're those photos. for followers. Yeah. There's right, all right, kinds right. of stuff so going on. All yeah. this stuff is starting to surface. And so th- I think these kids that have got a million and they're, they're flipping shitty programs and they're making a bunch of money right now and buying up Lamborghinis and showing all that shit, I think that's going to... I think you're going to see that flip on its head yeah. in the next year. And the average consumer... I, I hope so. I, I think so, especially because when I look at the average consumer, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. The average consumer today is actually more educated than they used to be. They're yeah. a little bit smarter. I mean, back when I first became a trainer, I used to have to really convince women just to lift weights. Like, no, yeah. no, you're not going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. You know, today... I don't have to convince them as much. Right. They're much the, the the average consumer knows a lot more, and I think it's because of the the so much more information. But there is a lot of that crap out there. I also think that the average. I think that I agree with you that the average consumer definitely is much more knowledgeable than they used to be, for sure. However, I also think the average consumer is extremely confused because they have too much knowledge over a lot. They, they have a little knowledge, sorry, a little knowledge over with a lot of things. Right. And like they can't decipher now. Like do Information I to, overload. It's a total. And, and like a little information is very dangerous, right? Because that's when you make bad decisions, right? Because then you know they know a little, a little bit about the paleo diet, a little bit about keto, a little bit about weights, a little bit about this. And so like they get nowhere fast because 
because they're like, okay, they're saying everything is contradicting each other a little bit. And I think that's what's really, mm-hmm. it, it could be very, very, um, it, it, it could be very confusing and then you don't get any results or, or anything else. I, my, my, I would think the best thing to do is like pick a few, uh, a few places where you trust and, and like the sources and follow what they say. But it's hard, right? Because with social media and with everything else, there's information overload. And like I said, a little little information can be very dangerous. Well, that's that's exactly what's how Mind Pump exists and why it, it's successful is that that's real. We're, we're we really try to be the filter. Uh, for the fitness industry. We're not trying to say we're the smartest guys or we have all the answers or we're always right, but we do have enough experience. We are smart enough to be able to help the average person disseminate the information that's coming from the masses so they can then make a better educated decision. There's also We're also in a a situation with so much information, like you're saying, where there's lots of information, but not a lot of wisdom. And I learned this as uh, probably took me five, I'd say maybe seven or eight years as a trainer where I learned that, you know, if I had a client sit in front of me, in the beginning when I first started training people, I'd give them everything. Like, here's your meal plan, do your cardio, here's your workout. I threw everything but the kitchen sink at them. And I had short-term success, but long-term people would fall off and they wouldn't do very well. I learned later on that I was much more effective if I could just get one thing to be changed fundamentally, stick with that, and then add something else to it. So it's a longer process, but then I had clients that would work with me for 10, 12, 15 years right. who had long-term success. So I think information is plentiful. The wisdom isn't so much. And so you get a lot of this like this this shotgun approach of, like you said, like keto diet does this, paleo diet. And people are sitting there going, okay, now what about me? And how does this work with my lifestyle? And what about the individual variants and how my body reacts and responds? And I don't, I'm not even listening to my body anymore. I, you know, Even though that I've had people message me who are like, oh, you know, I, I heard this podcast on ketogenic diets and I heard it was great and I've been doing it for three months and uh, you know uh, I'm so constipated I'm going to the bathroom once a week and I'm like listen to your body it's not working yeah. for you <laughs> right right you know right. probably like, not good exactly yeah very basic you know start with there well I think common sense isn't so common <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the issues, right? Because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. And nobody wants to kind of like this is and this is what happens with me when I do I do a lot of these talks in LA. And you know, people always say to me, you know, what's the best you know, fill yeah. in the blank. What's yeah. the best exercise? What's the best food to do? What's the, and it's like, you know, I always have to say to people, the, what the best is whatever, like for exercise, is the one that you're actually going to do, right? <laughs> if I say boxing and you hate boxing, you're never going to do it, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But like, nobody wants to hear that. They want to they want to hear, what's that magic pill? What's that magic thing? Because we all have, we're, we're losing the ability to have like concentration for, for more than, five seconds at a time. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is they like the next best thing. What's the next best thing? You know, here, what is, what is. And whenever I tell people, it's really the, unfortunately, it's like not very sexy or glamorous, but the basics work the best. Like the basic exercises mm-hmm. work the best. The basic, you know, like don't eat processed food, just, you know, eat clean. And they get bored. They're like, "Oh, that's what you're going to tell me." <laughs> All right, off to the next one. Who, where, where can I go? Who, who can I follow that Who's will got show the goji me something? Berry. Yeah. Who's yeah. got it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's the new acai, whatever? Right. You know. But it's it's true. Like it is a knowing your body and knowing knowing you and having some self awareness to that and common sense and 
knowing what and kind of like a little bit of trial and an error. And then once you find somebody that works, well, just do that, mm-hmm. you know? And in our industry's also done such a terrible job at promoting the right things uh, in many instances. We talked about resistance training, which is a a big one for a long time. It's been cardio that's been promoted, you know, like yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, I agree. I and agree. I think in the context of modern life, like lifting weights is what's going to give you a faster metabolism, which makes it easier to live in a day and age where food is everywhere. Absolutely. You know, what's interesting. It's like this is exercise to me keeps you healthy. You're right. It's, it's good for your cardiovascular health. But to think that exercise alone will help you with fat loss, with everything else, is such a is such a myth to me, right? People are like, oh, uh, if I just... No, because the reality is it is the 80-20 rule. Like I think 80% of it is what you eat is your diet, right? If you want to look quote unquote, a certain way, you have to like have a calorie deficit, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. to what it is, right? It's, you know, with resistant training versus cardio, resistant training is what builds lean muscle mass, right? We all know that, right? Which then helps with your metabolism, which helps you burn calories. But people, girls especially, do an overload of cardio, and, uh, which actually burns all their muscle, which makes it harder for them to. But it's a, it's a, it's all psych. All of this stuff is more behavioral and psychological than anything else. And so, when you wrote that, what was the first book that you wrote again? No gym required. No gym required. Right. How did that succeed when you when you came out? Was it did it do well? It did well. It did very well. I mean, the, the thing is, the whole purpose behind it was to give people easy, simple solutions to be healthier and fit. It wasn't like do this and you're going to have a six pack. It's like like you were saying, it's like changing, ha- like, cha- like basically small wins equals mm-hmm. big change. Like don't focus so much on, you know, if, if you're, if my point always has been in all my books is that if you are 5'2", right? And you are 5'2 and 130 pounds. Why are you trying to be Giselle, who's like six feet? Like, A, try to work within like being self, being realistic with what you have and maximizing on those assets, right? And like having, and having goals, create realistic goals for yourself to win in the long, long term, Mm -hmm. right? And like, don't, don't go from zero to 60, but like, Tweak your habits because habits and rituals will make it a lifestyle over time. And that's what really gives you long-term success. Mm. Now, you've written more than just that book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you follow that up with? So that was very good question. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. It was No Gym Required was my first book. And then Strong as the New Skinny is my second was my second book. Uh, and this third book is called Badass Body Goals. Okay. Now, Strong as the New Skinny did... That did very, very well, well yeah, right? Very well. That was very the, well. You were selling a message of like building strength and getting right. muscle. So the whole purpose, the, the message behind Strong as a New Skinny was not everybody could be skinny, but everybody could be strong. So work work from a place of positive, like positivity and work to a, a goal that's actually achievable for everybody. Like, and I don't I don't know if you agree with this, Sal. I, 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 go, I, I follow you on okay. Instagram. Awesome. But I feel like, I know you're going to say, I don't agree, but I do believe that genetics plays a part in how of people course. physically, but you were talking about like a baseline, like a baseline I saw in one of your Oh, posts. you're talking about my set point. Yeah, your set yeah, point. Yeah, some people might, I think, misunderstood what I was saying. That. There, there's definitely a uh, there's definitely a set point, right? We all have our genetic um, basis from where we should be, but the problem is they've used that to describe like an obesity set oh, point. Oh, yes. Like, no, nobody has a set point that sets you at obese. You know, obviously Adam is going to, has a different, you know, genetic makeup than, than Justin. But if Adam was 350 pounds and he's like, oh, every time I get down to 
200 pounds. My body wants to go up to 350. I think it's my genetic set point. No, that's your lifestyle set point. You were right. so used to the, the lifestyle that you had with your diet and your lack of activity that changing that fundamentally is very different. Anything that you, anytime oh, right. you change that your makes, life. That's different. I agree yeah. with that. So, But I think that genetically, like we, we all have, like in my in No Gym Required, which is my first book, I talk a lot about, I break it down to like an ectomorph, an endomorph, a mesomorph. The somatotypes. Yeah, right. Um, and then I, I don't talk so much about that in Strong or in Badass Body Goals, which is my current book. But I do say that genetically, that was my media training background right there. I know. Uh, <laughs> Little plugs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that I think genetically, we're, I, I know for myself, like I'm genetically, a, I have a certain body type that I can sway seven pounds more or less. Mm-hmm. And, and if I try to get too beneath my set, my my genetic comfort zone, it's very, very hard for me to to, mm-hmm. to stay there. So like, I, I find that that's what I feel. Like, I feel like you can only, you can only like, you can only modify your genetics so much. Sure. Now, right? where, where would you say you're, are, are, is, do you sit, like the way you look right now, is this kind of how you like to maintain yourself? No. You look very fit, really? Oh, thank you. I feel, well, no, I think, I think, this is the thing. I think as I get older, I, I'm a little bit. I'm I'm not as hard on myself as I used to be. I used to be much more hard. I I like strive for perfection more. Like I would really be hard on myself. I'd criticize myself if I didn't look a certain way. Now I'm kind of a little more like loosey goosey about it. I have two kids now, so you know, do I find myself eating off their plate sometimes? Yes, more than I should. A hundred percent. Does that hurt my like waistline? Mm-hmm. Like. If I was single and had no kids, it would be way easier for me to be like physically on point all the time. Now with my with with what my this is being having like realistic like expectations. Given the fact that I have two kids, my schedule is like kind of hectic all the time. I do the best I can, and I I think I'm doing pretty well, but. You know, would I like to, like, sometimes I'm tighter than I am other times because of what I eat. Because more, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you find that your relationship with exercise as you get older and nutrition becomes healthier in that sense? Because I I was very similar in the sense, when I was younger, I had to look a particular way and I was super anal about my nutrition and training. And now it's more, I enjoy it. It's more for my health. And I feel like I have a healthier relationship with it, even though I might not be as shredded all the time. Exactly. Like, I feel like I am, I do have a healthier relationship. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to give off like, am I still like in my head a little bit crazy and psychotic and and hard on myself? Yes, I do. I'm not going to lie. But like, I, I, that doesn't, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know how it translates sometimes because I do let myself go more with what I'm eating diet. Like, I, you know, I used to be very particular, like you said, about how you eat. But now I'm like, all right, so I'll have that piece of carrot cake. Or, okay, I'm going to have a couple of those French fries. Things I would never know. But now it's like part of what I do. Unless, you know, unless, and I and this is where I was going to say, like, I still exercise. Um, like, very, I'm very consistent with my exercise. But I will say, if I, when my, when my diet isn't on point, I will see it in my physically. Just mm. happens. That's why. The irony, just, the irony in that though is that you, you, and you say you see it in your physical and you may come, you compare or we compare ourselves to the best version of ourselves. Right, exactly. But in reality, you're probably in a healthier, better place. You really are. And, and to be able to have that flexibility and what Sal was alluding to, that a relationship to be able to, 
be okay with having a couple French fries, being able to have that carrot cake every now and then, and then also still being consistent and not allowing that to spiral you down out of control like a lot of people. You know, well, when right, you look right. at total health, and this this was a mind blowing thing for me, and it happened not that long ago. I've been doing this for a long time. It took me a long time to learn this, but when you look at total health, we we as trainers we tend to think of total health as the physical. We think of health as the physical, but it's not just the physical. It's the mental, it's the spiritual, yes. it's the relationships you have with people around you and yourself. And, you know, they even show this in studies when they study, you know, the world's blue zones, they find one of the things that all these blue zones have in common, this is where people live a, a long time, is they have good connections with people around them and good relationships. Right. That's one of the few things that they find in common with like the people in Okinawa and the people in Sardinia, for example, or the people in, you know, the, the Seventh-day Adventists in Loma Linda, California. And so now when I look at the, the sphere as this total health thing, you know, am I as shredded as I would have been in my 20s uh, consistently? No, but am I overall healthier and happier? Definitely, because now I view it differently and it's it's a different relationship. Yeah, I, 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 that's exactly true. So, I mean, there are people I know, and I'm sure you guys all know these people, who they look like they look like beautiful specimens, right? Like they are just perfect physically. But you know what? To be, I, I know what it takes to be that way oh, mm-hmm. con- consistently, and it's not fun. Okay, let's just like be real here for a it's moment. It's not fun. It's extremely selfish. It's extremely selfish. Usually, you have like shitty personal relationships because everything <laughs> yeah. is focused around everything you. Everything burns around you, right? Everything is about focuses on who, what you do, how you eat. You won't. You can't go out to restaurants because of, you have to eat so clean that like you have to only prepare your own food you know you won't socialize because again if you socialize you're going to a restaurant you're going to parties you're going where or where there's alcohol you won't do that it's all about you and your schedule it's a shitty place a really shitty way to live it's really hard to have personal relationships it's really hard to like connect to people like to me I never went that far because being able to like connect to people was always very, very high on my priority list. But I will tell you, like I, I, I got pretty close sometimes, but I see people today and I'm like, you know, you poor thing, because you're like missing out on so much other things in life that are so much more important than you having an eight pack right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had this, I had this couple come to my house for uh, a little bit ago and the guy is like, beyond perfect, right? Like he's a perfect specimen. And, you know, I was like, and I always like would look at him and be like, wow, look at this. And then like you get to, you kind of like peel the onion, the layers of that onion a little bit. And you see like, God, like he won't it eat. It, you know, exactly. It, and it stinks. <laughs> yeah. It does. Kind of makes you cry. And, like, I, and he's miserable because yeah. he's so like, he's so, every, everything is so regimented and it's all about like being so perfect that everything else in his life is like lacking. Oftentimes it's driven by extreme insecurities. Insecure, and this guy's very insecure. Exactly. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And, and the, I, I've said this, all of us have said this millions of times. I've worked with thou- thousands of clients, everyday people, the worst and most common uh, food relationship issues and eating disorders ever are people who are in my field. Personal right, trainers, exactly. fitness you know, competitors, bikini competitors, bodybuilders. Like the, I would say the percentage of people in my space with an eating disorder is at least two or three times higher 
if not more, more. than you see in the average space. It's 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 actually common. Uh, uh, not only is it common, I think it's more common than not because Absolutely. to be to get into this industry, to be in this industry, it's because you have some kind of like psychosis about it, to, uh, it for yourself mm-hmm. because you are like there is a reason. Like you have some kind of like insecurity about your physicality or you want to maintain your physical whatever it is. That's what drives you to be this. It's a nutritionist. It's a dietitian. It's a fit, personal trainer. I I think I see it like. I see almost eight out of 10 times. It's more rare to find the other one. 100%. I, I, I agree with you. It's r- yeah. rarely ever do I meet somebody in this space that isn't battling either major insecurities still or isn't dealing with some sort of food, poor food relationship or poor relationship with exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100, they either, exactly. They're like, maybe they don't have an eating disorder, but they have disordered eating. Right, right, right. right. Which is, you know, still a disorder or their exercise, they, they like are, what do you call it? Like an exercise bulimic or whatever, like they over-exercise. Oh yeah, it's a punishment. It's it, a, they go to the gym because they hate themselves, not because they love themselves. Because I love, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, I've done that. I've been there before. Well, I know I've been that, there too. Been I know what it too. feels like. It's funny, Jennifer, of all the things we communicate on the show, we talk about like how to work out, how to eat right, different exercise modalities. We talk about science also. The, the, the message that gets us the most comments and the one that people think us the most is this one right here. Well, we teach people to treat themselves like they care about themselves because, and it's sad, it's a message nobody else is really communicating that much in our space, unfortunately. And I see a lot of people being affected, both men and women, but especially men. You see this a lot. I mean, excuse me, especially women. You see this a lot in young women. Yeah. Um, and it's it's too bad. It's, ter- you know? it's terrible. I yeah. mean, that's a lot of why like it was important for me with Strong as a New Skinny to kind of give really convey, convey a very positive message to women because I see it all the time and I feel like we constantly are comparing ourselves to like we what we think in our brains that's perfect and realistic if you ever if like I said if you ever like di- just peel that onion on that person that you think is so perfect just because they look a certain way I think you'd be sad you'd be very disappointed what really goes on in their brain and their psyche mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like that's why you have to look inside yourself and look at fitness as a way to love yourself as opposed to like how to versus the opposite like you were saying excellent now, now I, I want to change gears for a second because Okay. You said you have two kids. Yes, I do. Um, uh, how old are they? Five and three. Five and three. Yeah. Now, let's talk for a second about how, because we get this question all the time. It's so difficult to get your kids, especially nowadays, to be active and to eat right. So let's talk about eating right first. Okay. Like, How do you manage like getting your kids to eat in a way that's that's healthy? Because, I, because what I try to do is I... I think you. I think as a parent, you have to lead by example because I don't. A, a kid's not buying his own food. He's not going to Ralph's or Whole Foods and picking out his right. own stuff, right? He's looking at the parent to go buy the food for the kid or make the food for the kid. And as you, le- I, I'm extremely active. So like, if I'm not working out, I'm wa- I'm walking everywhere if I when I can. In LA, it's like a you don't walk. People like drive down the street, right? <laughs> but I I walk to as many places as I can, and I take my kids with me. I walk to the mall. I walk to the grocery store. Um, and I'm very active and my husband's very active. So what kids like to do is they like to mimic their parents, right? So because I'm active and my husband's active, then they want to be active. They mm-hmm. want to do it. So like when I'm working out, my kid's downstairs trying to do a push-up or trying to like do a squat, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever else. Um, and I, I show him the importance of it by, by, by not just telling them, 
right? Because at, at that age, they won't understand. But you show them. That's on the on the on the activity part. And by the way, my kids are very active, mm. and I think because I'm also probably hyperactive because of the parents. But if you think <laughs> I have a lot of energy, you have no idea about my husband. But that's oh a my whole, god, that's a cr- you guys must have created wow. a monster. You have then. no <laughs> idea. A couple tornadoes. In my there, kid huh? is so athletic; it is sick. Okay. Anyway, I digress. And then the food part, I'm making their food, so I I try to make sure that. They're, they're eat, I'm controlling a lot of what they eat and what, so making sure they're, they're eating well. I can't control, even at this age, when they're going to their friend's house yeah. or going to birthday parties, whatever else. But if I can like show them by example and and cook for them that's healthy, then that's really, I, I, I hope that they would take that and like instill that into themselves. Because my message points are even with them, you know, Getting back to my media training days, are always very are very similar, which is to be strong, to be healthy, to have energy. You have to eat like this. You have to do this. So I think you inst- you, you it's repetition, repetition and practice, like like anything else in life. It doesn't change just because. Yeah, fully agree. I think it's like eighty five percent of it is just how you are in your house yeah. and how you oh, are it's as modeling parents. it. I mean, modeling that, it exactly the most important thing you can do really right. yeah your, your kids don't they don't they go they follow you in your little home gym and lift the kettlebells and stuff yeah Justin? like my kid Justin yeah I do <laughs> I do yeah I actually built the whole thing downstairs so they can climb and it, I try to make it as fun and as inviting as possible just yeah so it's not as structured but at the same time I know that they're not doing it enough at school and it like irritates me so it's terrible and now they're actually they're um, eliminating recess and all this stuff from schools by like 90%, which is absurd to me too. I don't understand why they would be doing this. It's like- Because they could just medicate them. They'll just, give them. they'll just give them medication and have yeah, them sit still in it, class. Yeah. It's what, what the deal is. Jennifer, have you ever have you ever watched the uh, Prime series, uh, The Marvelous Miss Mazelle? Of course, I love it. Is that great or what? Yeah, what made you think, what made you- Well, uh, you're, you're, you have a Jewish background. I don't know anybody that, uh, I don't have a personal uh, friend of mine that comes from like a rich Jewish family. And uh, my girl and I are a huge fan of the show. We've watched all the episodes. I absolutely love the show. Oh, okay. And so I, I told her, I was, and I was asking her, do you have any Jewish friends that come from a rich background like this and she says no me either I was like I'm really curious that is is this you mean rich monetarily or rich like rich as in no, like a culturally rich r- well both right both. the okay, show is very rich the, right yeah, yeah. Both. I wasn't that rich let me tell you but anyway go on but is 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 the is is your mom and dad kind of like that no no because they come it's very their their background is very um She's very aristocratic in that way. Like right. New York wealth is very different than growing up in Winnipeg. Remember where I grew up? Right, small town. It was very much, um, I wish, I don't know how to translate the word Hamish to like very um, um, family oriented, very like jovial mm-hmm. and like social, but not aristocratic. That comes from much more of a New York aristocratic kind of background, okay. right? I have a lot of friends who came from that or live like that or did, but um, no, that's not how I grew up. But in, in some senses with like the mother, the father, like kind of like some of the nuanced behaviors is very similar, yeah, like yeah. pushy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like pushy. Uh, some of those things, like kind of like, kind of the guilting trip, the guilt trips. Oh, that's Italian parents It's Italian. But by the way, Italians and Jewish people are almost 
identical. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Hamish. The definition of Hamish is a Yiddish word that means friendly or homey. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yes. Now we know. Exactly. That's your, perfect. Your personality kind of yeah. reminds me of her also. You've got that. She has that kind of energy. They, in the, in, really? Yeah. Is that good or bad? Good. That's good. Oh, she, okay. I mean, think about what, what she does in the show. Her tenacity. Her tenacity. Is, you're right. Is, I mean, I feel like it's so... I'm so glad you've watched the show. I Because I was like, you've got to watch that. That's a great show. It's an excellent it's show. It's a great yeah. show. Yeah. I love that. So right now you're focusing on the new book that you're releasing and then... Our, our, I am. A fo- and I'm also starting my own podcast now. Awesome. Yes. Oh. And I'm still... I'm, I'm between two names still. Maybe you guys can help me. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're all at us. Okay. I'm having a really hard time. So... Okay, I was first going to do the name warming up, as in like, you know, warming up Mm -hmm. and also like warming up, like what we're doing right now, Um, warming up with Jen Cohen. And then people were like, okay, whatever. And then I really love the name goal uh, goal getters, you know, like Mm -hmm. your goal getter. At first, like go getters, and that was taken. And then goal getters, kind of also. And then the other one was Genspiration. Mm, Interesting. So here, so. Uh, let's figure it out I, I right now. See, yeah, let's do it. I, I like, I, I could see why they, all getters. three of them ha- yeah. have some appeal, but I'll say this. This is something that we did early on that I thought was, that now looking back was very smart of us. At the time, we, we, it was a bit of a gamble. A lot of times when people start a podcast or, or start media, they think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it something specific so that people know they can get fitness information here, for example. Right. We wanted to give ourselves a name that left it open. It's like Mind Pump could be fitness, but it could be a lot of other things. Right. You have the kind of personality and the background that you could go anywhere. And you also right. get bored with things after exactly. about three years. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what you're going to be talking no about. You have no idea. That's like, the, I do. I've heard, I've been, my second husband. I've been, sitting here for, <laughs> I've been sitting here for 90 minutes. I do have an idea. So you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. my advice to you yeah. for sure. I've been so talking ceiling. aerospace in like year 2022. So you know, maybe pick a name that can mean uh, a lot. I like goal getters. Goal getters does that. I, I, goal getters allows good. a lot of flexibility for yeah. you. I like that. Because I could see interview doing stuff in fitness but also interviewing people in other spaces right well the, the podcast is it's funny you say it. it's not going to be solely on fitness it's going to be much more about inspiring people on kind of like a very a very big entrepreneurial slant cool. which about getting people to like practical actionable like takeaways that someone an, an audience person can take with them and use in their own life, like some kind of in, like three inspirational things or three practical things yeah. or a combination. And like really about the routine, the morning routines, the habits of these successful people who've created something with, you know, with some form of mind, body element of what they do mm. pro- to be productive and to be on f- one point. I mean, I, t- I opened it up to this talk I had and everyone loved Genspiration and I wasn't really, I was like on the fence between. I don't like that and I'll tell you why I don't like Who that. Who said this? Oh, you. I, I, don't, I don't like that because uh, you, you have such a, a big vision in almost everything that you do uh, and that really forces you to have to be the voice of that. What if what you're building ends up being humongous, which I imagine you're driving towards, and one day you want to step away from that but keep the business running? Right. That really forces you to have to be in that. That'd be like, and a lot of people I think make this mistake is they they brand the, their company that they're trying to build around themselves because a lot of people give that advice that want if you want to market yourself. But one of the things that I think, another thing that I thought we did really well was we knew that we didn't care about the fame as the as the business grew. None of us wanted to be in the limelight. In fact, 
We've pulled ourselves from the YouTube channel. We've actually pulled ourselves out of all of our own programs. We hired models and we did revit. So we've actually, as the business continues to scale, we continue to remove ourselves from that so that we have this opportunity in five or 10 years to look at it and say, are you guys having fun still? Let's keep going. Or, hey, let's keep the business running and keep it moving, but let's pull ourselves out of it and, and keep it operating. And that won't be hard to do. Like we have a friend right now where I'm watching Ben Greenfield, good buddy of ours, who built this oh, big... Oh, Ben Greenfield. I wanted to do his podcast. Yeah, Ben's too. a great oh, guy. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll make we'll, that we'll introduction oh, okay. for sure. So Ben, and Ben is, you know, pivoting right now to Keon and that, and it's a really hard transition when you've built this empire around Ben Greenfield and this name and then now you're building this whole other separate brand, Keon, and people to make that connection. So, uh, you're that's... You're right. A, this, is by, this is why, though, I'll tell you something, not to, not to interrupt you, but because I, I did have an app, I don't know if you knew that or not. Called I didn't Hot, know that. You didn't? No. So I built an app. And Weight Watchers bought it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it got acquired by Weight Watchers and it was called Hot Five. So when I had my baby and after Strong as a New second baby and I, and I finished Strong as a New Skinny and I didn't want to travel as much, I built this app with these two dudes. It was very successful. Weight Watchers did acquire it uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, when I was away from everything, like it was very confusing because people either knew me as my name and then I was away for a few, all these years. And so then it was like hot five was the name of it. So no one even, no one even like put, put two and two together that I was hot five. Right. In fact, when Weight Watch, let's get this. I used to be the spokesperson for Weight Watchers. I mean, legit, like I would write their blog. I would write a column in their magazine. Oh, wow. I did 10 of their DVDs, fitness DVDs. I did a ton of stuff with Weight Watchers. And when they acquired Hot Five, they didn't even know that it was me behind it. Oh, wow. How crazy oh, wow. is that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, I'm telling you, so like, I know, I understand what you're saying about that, but, um, I see what you're saying. You, know, you want like, to have your name there so that if you leave, you can come back or it builds your brand. Or, or I'm trying to, yeah. I'm t- I, so that's what I'm saying. Like, is it better to like brand myself? Because uh, like, I'm always in, it, like, either doing something on the on the fourth, like in the in the front facing, mm-hmm. then I leave and do the back facing, and then I go back in the front. Back, well, you know what I mean. Well, even well, Jen, to that point, though, to that point you just made, the question I would ask then is: Would wait would would have Weight Watchers acquired it if the app was named after you? No, but I think. No, no, no. You're right. But what what I'm saying is, number one, the most important thing is having good content, right? right. Having really good guests and, and the content should be always number one. Mm-hmm. But number two is like, iTunes and I, this is a question I will ask you. You know, like it every there's so many apps. I'm sorry, so many podcasts. Like, how do you even get found? Like, I went on there and Goal Getter was taken. So it's like, do I? How do I now? If I'm doing Goal Getters, is it going? Are people going to be confused? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do I have to have my name in there so people are maybe for the one person who wants to listen to it, they'll find it more easily. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you, you know? have. I'm assuming you have. Uh, you have a, a bit of a built-in audience because your book. So you probably have. An email list. So with with iTunes, the first eight weeks, if you perform well in compare in comparison to other podcasts that have just started with for the first eight weeks, you'll get listed on their featured page, and that's a great way to get exposed. Right. So what I would do is I would set, get five five to ten episodes that you can drop, set it out to your audience, and boost your downloads. So you get featured. On oh iTunes yeah, with your you with your network alone, you should be able to jump in that that top right away right, and right. you'll be and that that alone will keep you going and then as if you 
follow through with what you just said, which is you're content driven and you're providing really good interviews, really good information, then then it will absolutely doing stuff like this is one of the best ways to get exposed to other podcast listeners, right? Yeah, so like our audience will then look for you, for example. I hope so. That's why we got to figure out this name so they know what to look for. (laughs) Oh, we can also just have you back on the show. Oh yeah, Yeah. yes, that's true too. But then you guys, this is your one and only chance right here to to hit it out the park. You know, we'll go to your website. Yeah, and we also we already figured this out that you have all these buried stories you don't like to share. I gotta, I I know she's all the good ones. I gotta fucking pull out of you here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, when I was hanging out with Keanu Reeves, I know, right? (laughs) Okay, I have to ask. So did you run into him later That's on? That's so funny you should say that. I've been you know what? I, I was just thinking about this and I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him now. I want you to. Because I wanna tell him because if it wasn't for him helping me, you know, giving me that self esteem and self confidence to go and barrel forward who knows what would have happened, oh, you know? And I huge. want to thank him. Yeah. He's, it's, he's not so easy to find, let me tell you. Yeah. He's really not so easy to find. <laughs> You're telling me yeah, You know, like, I gotta, I gotta, like, really, like, dig deep and figure out how to do it because... This, he, I would send your, I would send the original video. I, I would say, if you have To the, who? To him. Well, the VHS? Just put it out there. Yeah. I'll make a copy of it or something. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna go to Costco when I get home. I mean, think about and that. I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah, gonna, I would yeah. copy the tape and I would find a way to mail it Please to him. Please do that and then oh, report back to us. With a thank you card. But where card. do I send it? So, uh, well, there's gotta be a somebody who will get that. I would send it with a letter thanking him and telling him your story of what you've done with that because I think that's a very powerful story that that moment yeah. catapulted you into what you've done today. Sure. I should send him this podcast yeah. episode. Sure. Send him this podcast. I would, we would love yeah. that even more. To so their PR person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll come on together. Yeah. yeah. You already listened. I'll film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone knows fan. Keanu Reeves or yeah. has any contact to him, can they please reach out to you guys at MindPup and then you guys will let me know. Oh, great. Now, my, now my, my girl on the back end is going to hate you for that she's yes. like yeah I get about 400 emails people claiming they know Keanu Reeves right? <laughs> yeah. exactly oh, that's, awesome. shit. that's well, so funny this has been amazing yeah. yeah this has been awesome well thank you for having me yeah. does this mean it's well by the way should I plug my book or what do we're I gonna do? Plug yeah, we'll, we'll plug all that we'll plug all that closer relax relax over there closer don't worry we're gonna drive everybody to your business we got you we got you covered over here and it won't be the last time we let you on the show we like you yeah you'll be back on well, we're going to be on your show, right? hundred, you promise? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. does that mean that you come to LA or do I have to come here with your whole setup here? Well, because we can do either. I mean, if, you get a nice, if you get a nicer yeah, setup, we'll come to you. I, bring, I don't bring know. Bring piano and you know, Isaiah nice. Thomas and the whole game. <laughs> <I will. laughs> yeah. I'll bring Brittany for you. Yes. Oh Isaiah for you. I'll Thank fly you. to LA for Thank that you. for sure. Yeah, I don't need a celebrity. I'm good. Okay, yeah. good. See there, you and me, Sal. Oh, you're so cool. Yeah. Whatever. Right on, Jen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support 
And until next time, this is Mind Pump.